0: use the promo code blue to get an exclusive savings shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day because if there's one thing that omaha steaks knows it's the dad's want steak that's omahasteaks.com promo code BlueWire at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just 89 dollars
1: Up, welcome to episode number 290 of On the Corner, the official pitcherless.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the uh, mending Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing?
2: What is happening? Yes, I am David Mendingson. Uh, that is a triple play <laughs> fantasy shout out. No, mm-hmm. I, I I, was sick last week. Uh, it's just it's, it's your standard, cold, standard not COVID. cold, it was not that, it was just congestion for a couple of days. Uh, you know, it, it's not fun, but. We're good now,
1: and we're going to do a podcast. It's going to be great. We're good. Cast. We're going to do a podcast. And actually, this uh, people are like, wait a minute. It's November 22nd. Why am I getting yeah. an on the corner right now? People know that we usually take a little bit of time off. But I, I sent Nick a, a, a text a little while ago being like, man, there's been such a flurry of moves. I I thought it was going to be we were going to have anything until after the CBA. But the opposite right. has happened. So we decided That we're going to do a little podcast where we're just going to talk in baseball. We're not going to get too into the analytics. We're going to cover the fantasy elements a little bit. But you know what? Nick and I, sometimes we just want to get together and we want to record ourselves talking about baseball because we like yeah. talking about baseball with each and other. And maybe, you know, maybe this is something we do more
2: often in the future.
1: We'll see. Who knows, baby? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we, <laughs> maybe, who knows? Who knows? That what, I, future holds.
2: That had Sean White Mountain Dews baby energy. Who knows, and I'm all baby? for that.
1: <laughs> I'm talking Mountain Dews, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. let's talk so, for agents. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're going to talk free agents. We're going to talk some of this. So, like, let's go back to what I was saying at the beginning. I really thought that we were not going to see any moves until the CBA was done. And I'm also kind of like, I'm trying to think of what the logic is to the pre-CBA signings. Because the CBA could theoretically have some changes that impact pitching, right? Sure. Um, so I was, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking that. And I, I think there are certain moves like Verlander staying, which doesn't matter. You know, the CBA doesn't really have too much of an impact there. Right. Um, but yeah, I get, oh, were you shocked to see that we've already had, you know, I guess like five signings so far?
2: Yeah, I am a little bit. Um, I I do wonder, maybe it's a gamble on both sides mm. of saying, we think that this signing will either be beneficial for my side, once the CBA is over, so you don't really know if, um, say, Andrew Heaney uh, or signing or, say, Noah Syndergaard or whatever, that they'll think after the CBA is done, it's like, oh, I got the better end of the deal because I signed beforehand. There might be a little bit of that play going on. Um, I'm trying to think of what the CBA would really change that would impact you know, the, the signing specifically. Um, and I can imagine some guys, I mean, for example, it's really good that Heaney signed early. I think because Mm -hmm. a guy like him, we want him to change what he's doing. Cause obviously what he's doing is not good and not effective. So great. Get with the team now so that you can actually have a full plan during the off season to then craft into that guy. Right. If he signs in February or so, then there really isn't much time for him to shift what he's doing. It's not. This isn't going to be just one bullpen tweak from their coaching. Oh, hey, by the way, you're putting your fastball here. You should put it over here. Oh, Andrew Heaney's fixed. He's not going to be like that. So for them, for those guys, I I understand that. Uh, That might be also kind of what it is with Syndergaard and Verlander because they're coming back from injury and they want to know what team they're going to be on to prepare for that proper return. Um, E-Rod is a little more interesting to me. Uh, Well, hold on. Talk about all these guys. Yeah, 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 we'll talk about all of them. But I mean, there's some like
1: give and takes about why they're signing now and why they're not. Sure. Okay. Um, well, let's actually jump into the first guy that you mentioned. I thought it was very ironic that in our last podcast, we were like, Andrew Heaney, we are done with. We want nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter where he goes. And now here he is with a a, a pitching powerhouse, a team that has shown that they can, you know, uh, really reinvigorate a guy's career or really get the best out of them. Is there any interest? is is he a new number 100 for you? or do you think now that he's on la, he's just kind of a a long relief option uh, and they maybe convert him into a reliever? what do you, what do you think in there with him? He- well,
2: well, first of all, I saw the 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 eyes of terror that you gave me when I was going through my tat Wars team. Um, that was the same feeling, the same energy you just gave me as I started lifting off listening off all the free agents. Like Nick, we have to I do was a whole like, podcast of this. Nick, yeah.
1: If so <laughs> help me God. If you go and tell me what you think about every person, I will I won't even let this air, okay? I c I won't uh, you've just been capital B oh, no.
2: produced is what you just were, okay. Oh man. <laughs> but um, but anyway, Andrew Keene, the way you just described him sounded like he was going to the Giants instead of the uh, Dodgers. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, um, and fair. because going to the Dodgers, sure, we've seen them before taking some guys and we've seen improvements from them. But I don't know if Andrew Heaney has this destiny now to become a very fantasy relevant pitcher because he's in the Dodgers. It, it could be a case of Dodgeritis a lot um, where they don't take risks with him. I would honestly prefer Heaney. At its yeah, team like the Giants, wherever that need a fourth or fifth starter because they of course have all these free agents. Maybe not going to resign Escafani and, and Alex Wood, etc. Um, where he's able to go every five days and then constantly improve. The Dodgers are not going to like just sit there mm-hmm. and let Heaney allow home runs and and falter. So I'm I'm staying away still from Heaney. There there was a lot of speculation. Or I mean, I think one tweet by Joel Sherman kind of set off the discussion. Just, you know, he made a fine tweet being like, hey, there is some upside to Andrew Heaney. You know, it's just like how Robbie Ray um, signed for $8 because he saw he had a high strikeout rate. Hey, Andrew Heaney, high strikeout rate, actually also a low walk rate. So maybe there's a lot of upside. But I don't think he was even suggesting that their paths to that are similar because they're not. Yeah. Uh, very different. Uh, Robbie Ray just was a nibbler and then all of a sudden was not a nibbler and was very effective in the upper third of the strike zone while Andrew Heaney has a lot more issues uh, to to deal with uh, across his entire repertoire um, that I don't think is going to be as simple of a tweak to fix. So
1: we'll see what happens in the Dodgers, but I'm not for fancy top 100. I don't think he's going to be there. I would, I, you know, at f- my first cut reaction when he got signed with LA was like, Oh man, here we go. Is he, is he kind of drawing back into, per- you know, being pertinent again as a, as a fantasy viable guy. Uh, and I, the more I thought about it too, the more I thought that, you know, He's a prime Dodgeritis candidate for. Oh me. yeah, like I, I just don't like. I'm looking at the roster resource rotation right now, and I don't think what we're going to see uh, opening day is anything close to to what this is right now. Because right now it's Bueller, Urias, Gonsolin, Heaney, and Price. You got to figure Kershaw's coming back. You got to figure there's other big name free agent signings that they're going to be interested yeah. in making. Dustin May, you can't really count on him until the middle of the year at the earliest. Um, yeah, if you're but lucky, still, you're crossing your fingers for that. Yeah, exactly. So he's not really a a factor here, but I just don't see the way that Heaney is right now, even with a full off season plan, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some spring training developments, but I just don't see him coming into the year as a guy who gets the ball every fifth day, especially at the beginning of the season when it's a little bit regimented and a little bit struck, you know, like kind of uh, broken up. I I would just be really surprised if, if that's happening, and then as you said too, this is another ballpark that's kind of prone to home runs, especially you know w- when the wind's blowing out. Um, and I don't think that they're going to have a lot of the patience for that. So I would be really surprised if he, you know, finishes with with a lot of innings at the end of the year. So and this is the thing too. You don't need to take the risk on Heaney. He can stay on that really waiver don't. wire. You can figure out what the Dodgers are going to do with him and then go from there, right? Yeah. You made a really good
2: point there about the um the schedule never being smooth at the beginning of the hmm. year. And teams play around that. They have four man rotations and they don't have that fifth starter, or maybe they do once and then they don't need it for another two weeks or so. Andrew Heaney would absolutely be the victim of that if that were to yep. happen. David Price is likely not going to be their fifth starter. And I can actually even see a scenario. That David Price gets something back a little bit, and they trust him a lot more than they do Andrew Heaney, too, if they need to. So I wouldn't at all bank on this, and you're completely right. Leave him on the waiver wire. This is a situation of, is Heaney doing something different? And Keep in mind, too, he actually was throwing slightly harder at the beginning of this season. I remember some excitement about it. Um, And it was actually the Chicago White Sox start, I believe he was throwing really hard in the first three innings and then he allowed like four home runs or something in the next inning or two. And it's like, oh, this is Andrew Heaney in one start represented for the entire fantasy season. So, yeah, be careful about this with Heaney. Um, Even if he does do well early on, make sure there is an actual tangible change like we saw with Robbie Ray. Uh,
1: Let's move on then to Noah Syndergaard. I want to start with the, the quick question was that is that too much money for Noah Syndergaard? <laughs> i I mean it's fun I don't know it,
2: probably I, I was actually on a, I was really surprised he didn't get the qualifying offer he, at least he didn't accept it but it, obviously their teams are interested at around 20 million or so i, I it normally isn't the, the the question is how much faith does do the the angels have in Noah Syndergaard throwing fastballs changeup, and a curveball because uh-huh. he said he doesn't want to throw a slider anymore. He said and, that.
1: Well, he, it hurts his arm throwing a. Sl- oh, I thought the trainers said you were you can't throw it, and he wanted to. I thought they were like you're not allowed to at the end of this recovery period. Interesting.
2: I, I remember it as it hurts, so don't throw it. Uh, but maybe it's that for whatever reason he didn't throw it when he returned. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to come back. Maybe there's something in the workouts that Cindergard said. No, don't worry. I'm throwing my slider. I mean, he was a fastball changeup, curveball guy when he first came up and wasn't bad in doing just that. It's still a question then, is the curveball okay? Is that fine? Is the velocity going to return to exactly what it was before? Probably not. And it's a lot more risk. I've, um, I learned a lesson, I think, this past year of uh, making the assumption of these injured starters returning and being close to their previous performance. Not to say that that can't happen. Uh, it's just I'm going to side on, you know, I'm going to give a heavier weight to that risk. And as far as the Angels go, it's the most Angel signing ever. I mean, yeah. when are we going to get that stable guy that's going to be there for at least five years and consistently starting it without being injured, right? The actual true workhorse that isn't an eater, as I use air quotes, I mean by like having a bad ear, rain, whip. I mean, actually a productive starter for them consistently it's not Noah Syndergaard he's going to be hurt this year at some point I think you'd be lucky if you get like 150 innings honestly uh because it's just not the the way he goes right now um I I, I yeah I think I, I don't know I I really hope the 21 million is good price at the end of the day but I it's gonna be rough
1: yeah, I, I agree. It just see it's like it seems like such a risk to me. And I yeah. understand it's a 1-year, 21 million dollar deal. It's a 1-year, it doesn't really matter, but like regardless of if if Thor said the thing about the slider or if it was the trainers, it's an issue. And yeah. he says that it's giving him the opportunity to hone in on his other pitches and it just doesn't seem like the market bears that you know what I mean it doesn't seem like the 21 million dollar dude reflects the fact that he could arguably be without his best pitch and that isn't really an organization either that gives me a lot of faith I mean I guess Bundy had some results for yeah how a dare you while. forget Bundy <laughs> I know that was that was really nice <laughs> but like I mean the Heaney it didn't really work out for them um, I mean, I'm there are some of-
2: areas of hope. Of course, there's Patrick Sandoval who figured it out. That's there's true. That's a good Griffin point. Canning has had some moments. Otani has been great. But this is a conversation that we no. no but he, this is a conversation you and I have had a lot, which is yeah. how much credit do we give to the organization? How much credit do we give to the yeah. level of the player? And it's really hard because we have a small sample. We have a very you know limited rotation uh, of success and failures
1: that we don't really know what to attribute that to. Yeah, it seems like I, I, I again, this is conjecture, but it seems like Thor is going to be a guy who's going to be like hands off, like he wants to pitch the way that he wants yeah. to pitch. You know, what yeah, I mean? he's
2: not I wouldn't say he's a very malleable character.
1: No. Yeah. And I wonder if L.A. is just going to let him do that. And we're going to see if that sinker or, or swim. I mean, I have him in a dynasty at a at a nice low cost. I'm a little bit worried um, where. Does this one year landing spot push him at all on the list? If at all, on the list. Oh, man. Did it boost him at all?
2: So I I cheated. I I do it every year in October where I just have a tier of those that are injured um, at some point. So I had him at 42 on this. And I think that's more of an understanding that by February, we'll know more about his actual ability. I mean, okay. he doesn't even know now. It's it's the end of yeah. November, and things are going to change between now and February first. Yeah. So, I, I would say right now, I would probably have him. He's in that six tier at forty two. I probably have him around the tier eight, tier seven, so closer to fifty, something like oh, that. Oh, you pushed him down. Yeah. That's it, it just. I mean, well, it was, don't think of it as up or down. I just grouped them all together. I didn't actually sit here and think about the rank. You know, it's okay. just like all of them go in here. But where I'm feeling after talking about all these guys,
1: yeah, I'd probably just not chase it. So again, so the answer to that question then is the obviously there's a wait and see approach in February. See if the slider's there. That's the more important thing. But the team in and of itself, not too much of a need really mover. change anything. Yeah. OK. All right. Um, let's move on to Justin Verlander. He stays in Houston. To me, Brett Strom retiring doesn't matter all that much. Verlander is nope. going to pitch the way that Verlander knows how to pitch. Um, the, the all signs seem to point that he's recovering super well. His velocity is looking pretty good. I think he threw for some people a couple of weeks ago. Um, is this move the needle for you at all or it's again a kind of wait and see approach for for february probably going to finish out his career in houston it's the same thing they said that he was hitting 95 96
2: which is different than sitting because Mm -hmm. that's what he was sitting was 95 um, in previous years so keep that in mind that when you when you read those tweets the word is hit uh, sitting not hitting yeah Uh, and we want to see 95 um, if it's 94 that would be the lowest he's had since 2016 um before the real resurgence of him becoming amazing and then yeah. having his Cy Young stolen by Rick Porcello mm-hmm. um but before stealing a Cy Young himself he didn't though he did he didn't more right. innings um Oh, maybe we'll talk about the uh, the Wheeler Burns uh, Cy Young as well in this at the end.
1: Uh, What what could I possibly contribute to the conversation? You've been retweeted by Jeff Passan. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I got nothing to say. Fast. I was I was (laughs) waiting
2: for my dumplings uh, when I put out that tweet. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I put it down. Got my dumplings. You know, was eating away. Then then, um, Colin Weatherwax sent me a DM saying, "Oh my god." Jeff passed it. I was like, what? What do you mean? And then I realized what had happened, and I was, I was like, I don't deserve this.
1: That's that, was do. he, that was wild. He, I mean, amazing. Jeff went
2: on a whole thing about, like, the nerds and, and innings and stuff. I mean, I agree with him on all accounts, and he wasn't even saying like, he was just being facetious about, you know, sure, sure. actually, like, doing the normal attack about it. But, um, but yeah, okay, at the very least, this is all I'm gonna say is, do you feel that Burns, in your view, would you have voted for Burns or Wheeler and the Cy Young?
1: Probably probably Wheeler. Why? Just handsome. (laughs) (laughs) No, I hear
2: your argument. I I, I agree with kind of your your argument there. We Um, we talked about it, of course, back in like September. um, When I put out the first controversial tweet of three or whatever about the innings ERA debate.
1: Wasn't it all about wins for you in that tweet, right? You're like, stop "Stop that. Don't you (laughs) dare. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you dare. Oh, man, that good. I, I, give me 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 30 seconds,
2: guys. And we're going to move off this completely. Okay. Just so we all understand this. Okay. All right. In the game of baseball, the two things that only matter are how many runs cross the plate and how many innings you get to express that ability to prevent runs. Everything mm-hmm. else, whip, strikeout, walk, whatever, doesn't actually go on the scoreboard. That's all that matters. I believe that as Cy Young is about who had the best season, not necessarily who was the most dominant and when it comes to the season, those are the two things that matter, ERA and innings pitch. Yes, it is a team thing. I get that. Inherently, baseball is a team sport, and removing the individual innately is just not going to work. Uh, I also think the four ERA that you had separating Burns and Wheeler is actually, that's a that's a player. That's a full reliever on a team. That Wheeler allowed the the Phillies not to have, and they needed that extra reliever because let me let's talk about that bullpen being so bad. Mm-hmm. So he provided this extra amount of value by throwing twenty seven percent more innings than Burns. So that's why, personally, for me, he was the better season than Burns. That's it. Let me that's the understanding. Let me rebuttal.
1: Yes, four difference. Uh, there's four starts, right? Four more okay. starts from Wheeler. Sure. How much? does managerial mindset come into that i wheeler and in some ways and um, uh, most ways a pitcher has control over his innings girardi is going to let a guy go much longer sure. than council is
2: absolutely uh, I, I have no disagreement with this that like maybe burns could have done this if if crick council hadn't pulled him because the Brewers had such a good bullpen mm-hmm. i understand that but he did it that wasn't what he did. That wasn't the season that
1: Burns had. Yeah. I, I think what it what it always comes down to with you and I about Cy Young arguments is FIP, is how we treat Fip. Yeah. Sure. You throw you you I, I don't want to say throw Fip out the window when it comes to Cy Young, but you I pretty much throw do. Fip out the window yeah, when it comes to Cy Young. Yeah. yeah. I, I and do. I don't. I think it's all about Fip uh yeah. when it comes to Cy Young. And there, there is a full near one run difference when sure. it comes to fit between those two dudes because it doesn't go about... on the scoreboard yeah well wins go on the scoreboard does that make it valuable well, no no well wins uh, wins yeah.
2: kind of yeah. no 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 affected by the other side of the other you know the other thing that you're not actually playing with you're not doing that the scoreboard I'm talking about where you actually influence on the scoreboard ERA and in innings pitch FIP is not
1: sure but then we can say ERA is, is flawed in and of itself
2: right well, we've talked about that with, like, the team aspect of it, and I think inherently it's impossible to remove the team.
1: I The Orioles do it every year. Ha! There it is.
2: <laughs> oh, wait a <laughs> minute. Wait, wait. There it is. All right, so thanks for the 30 seconds and i.e. five minutes. I appreciate it, guys. Verlander, hi.
1: You we're, we're done. I mean, you're, you're going to wait and see, right? I mean, obviously no big change here, so we're going to see what the velocity is in February, and yeah. if it's 94, then he's going down. If it's 95, he's coming up
2: yeah it's the it's gonna be way different than 40 than where i have him right now i imagine it's gonna be a little bit lower a little bit higher i mean it could actually end up there 94 actually it might be that but also maybe you want to bet on him getting 95 eventually right Mm -hmm. so uh but yeah if he's sitting 95 he's going to the top 15 or whatever it's gonna be something ridiculous because that's justin verlander who was the top five pitcher for years
1: yeah Um, I I do want to, I want to pivot over to Erod because I think that this move is actually pretty interesting. I like that the tigers have been aggressive and I think you, you, if you're going to talk a little bit about Erod, then you also need to talk about the change that they made at catcher going out and getting Tucker Barnhart, um, Mm. who has been a much better framer than what they have had framing still likely going to be something that we're going to need to talk about. Um, Uh, I I don't see uh, robot umps coming into play at an MLB level next year. Uh, So I I still think we're still going to be thinking about framing. Um, Erod also goes into a much better park uh, in terms of suppressing offense. Does this – I mean, I don't think Erod has – you know, maybe I don't think he really ever ends up on any of your teams in fantasy, unless you're all of a sudden you're streaming him for a pick or two. But this I don't think Erod has ever been a guy that you're going out and getting because by the time people are drafting Erod, you personally and correct me if I'm wrong, are probably drafting more higher upside guys. Um, Does this make you a little bit more interested in Erod? So I do like the fact
2: that He signed with a team that 100% is just going to let him go. They need him to be a workhorse. Uh, At the same time, Erod has one season above 160 innings, and that was in 2019, only 157 this past year, and that was with 31 starts. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there was a lot of bad luck that I think a lot of people are talking about with Erod, the 363 BABIP, the uh, sub-70% left on base rate. All pointing to, hey, this should be better. The, his K-walk rate was as good as ever. 27% K rate is career high. 7% walk rate is a career low. So, yeah, of course, that K-walk rate is going to be a, a career best. I, uh, I saw a season of Erod this year where his four-seamer was actually very good. Uh, it, it didn't get all the results you wanted. 268 batting average allowed is much higher than we expect and that Morseys had. However... Um, I'm sorry, that was the changeup rather. I the uh, still bad 269 batting average allowed is the worst at uh, on the four seamer of Eduardo Rodriguez. But we saw 31% CSW, first time over 30%. That's really good. 13.5% swing strike rate on that fastball is really good for a four seamer. That's excellent. But right, the changeup wasn't good. Uh, the cutter slider is still this weak number three pitch. If you're if it's a good day that that pitch will be a called strike machine um on a normal day uh, you'll be happy to get a handful of them and that's it mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's the same story i think for uh you know the same song and dance for Eduardo Rodriguez where if you're expecting some sort of massive shift in Detroit for him i ask you where does it come from i ask um, you
1: where? I ask- <laughs> where does it come from <laughs>
2: Well, then I ask you, where does it come from? I mean, that's that's always what it is with pitchers. Everybody says, oh, they're going to take a leap next year. I really have a good feeling about this. Well, what is it? You know, his four-seamer, I think, sure, maybe it's the bad luck that you're talking. We've been talking about 424, BABIP uh, on the four-seamer. But the changeup wasn't consistent in the slightest. There were days when the four-seamer was excellent, but there was nothing else there. And Eduardo didn't do well. And we haven't seen; we have yet to see a sub three eighty ERA from uh, from Eduardo Rodriguez. We've also not seen a whip under one twenty five yet. And I'm I'm very hesitant to jump at Eduardo and expect it to be better than those numbers. Twelve teamers and one twenty five whip is is a little more detrimental than you think in the past. Scott White made that point uh, on CBS. I was like, yeah, that's right. Actually, I didn't really think about that. It. It's always been one thirty to me, but As of late, 125 has been eh, not so good in 12-teamers. 15-teamers, there is a bigger benefit here because I think Eduardo is above the threshold of like 4.5 ERA and uh, actually hurting you. So there is a Mm. benefit saying, oh, he's going to go every fifth day as long as he's healthy. But in a 12-teamer, I think there's too close of a gap between him and potential waiver wire guys that I I don't think I want to chase Eduardo Rodriguez in 2022.
1: It's very interesting.
2: (laughs) Okay, I ask you fast. I ask you. Um, Where do you see the change? Where do you see the improvement?
1: I don't know if there necessarily needs to be one. Okay. Because of the change in schedule and because Mm. of the change in division. Okay. He's clearly going to face weaker opponents in a better park. And I'm curious, uh, talking out loud, just how much of the needle that's, that's going to move. Great point, um, right? Uh, like, does that mean that he's a low four ERA guy with a one point two five WHIP and a twenty eight percent K rate? Because then that's a viable starter. That's a, that's a good five or six for you on your on your fantasy staff. Twelve teamer a low 4 ERA with a I one don't th- want to settle for a low
2: for 4 ERA with a 125 whip.
1: I know that someone on your team is going to have a low 4 ERA. You're not going to have guys with 3 ERAs all over your team. Well, you're shoot you should be always shooting for that though. I hear you, but uh, uh, let's be practical. I feel like how many guys you have what three guys with a 3 ERA or lower at most at the end of the year? Well, no, but I mean it's in, in 12 teamers, you should not be settling for
2: a four, a guy with a four-year array, you really shouldn't. There, there, you know. I think you know we've gone over a lot about all the waiver wire options through the year, and yeah. if that's what you're settling for from the draft, then I think you're putting yourself in a hole.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, okay. So then his upside is what three? What he did in 2018 to 2019, three eight. Uh, he's never yeah I mean three eight one three eight two two eighteen and uh 2019
2: uh yeah it's uh, so the question really is uh all right sure there was the bad luck last year and there's the improved park mm-hmm. is and you know, the is easier opponent being right and the easier opponents good point uh so the, combine those things and give me the same season does that change a 474 ERA and 139 whip to a three eight with a 120 125. I don't I don't know if I know if I buy that maybe I do but then are we seeing I guess what I'm asking is are we seeing in any situation where it's like a three five or lower with a, no. like a 115 whip or so if that's no this is this is what I challenge everyone is chase that you can chase that in 12 teamers you know it, it, really I know everyone says oh you know oh the, you get the blow ups of guys and stuff like I implore you the active with your starters chase those, those higher ceiling players. Cause they're out there. And the more that you settle for this, um, for something worse, then eventually you're just going to be behind everyone. I uh, it's yeah, that that's, that's kind of how I see this.
1: Okay. Um, the, only, the, the last signing so far, very, very minor. Um, well, there's two, really. Juli Chassin in Colorado doesn't do much. Jose Quintana in Pittsburgh, he's probably going to get the ball. He's probably going to get the ball every fifth Jose, day. Oh, yeah. That's the good thing about him. Uh, he also had these
2: two starts fast, Jose Quintana. One start, he had 17 whiffs on curveballs. And then two starts later, he had 12 whiffs on his four-seamer. Yeah, And he did the Blake Snell blueprint just in two separate starts. Right, He had the curveballs all down, getting all the whiffs. He had the fastballs up, doing all the whiffs. But he never combined them in one outing. Yeah. And the, I, I still will dream of that moment. And Quintana after that really didn't get many more opportunities to start. So now with the Pirates, if he just goes off and does that, like there will be days where we look down and it's six innings and eight strikeouts and one or two run from Quintana. We go, what? Where did that come from? So I'm excited for that.
1: But yeah, I'm not at all chasing this. Yeah, it's a, it'll be a fun thing to keep track of. It'll be a fun thing that it's like, I don't have to worry about this at all or even think right. about it, but hey, maybe Jose Quintana in the first couple of weeks will get an easy opponent and we can stream him. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, sure, why not? It feels like Jose Quintana has been a pirate before and he hasn't, but it's just like, oh, it's yeah, just weird. right. Yeah. What is it now? White Sox, Cub, uh, Angels. Oh, Angels. That's right. It was this past year, Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Was Was it? Where was he this past year? Angels. It was Angels. Yeah. And then he didn't go anywhere else. Nope. I don't um, think so. Maybe. No. Maybe. No. You're right. <laughs> he. No. He was. He was with the Giants. He was. Mm-hmm. He was with the Giants. He threw about ten innings for them. All right. Must be. He made five relief appearances. Okay. Good. Not as a starter. Yeah good no I, no that, then no i wouldn't stars. know Then i wouldn't yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> how dare you not know that jose Quintana made five relief appearances for the giants at some point i didn't have to up. write about him and it has to be random mm-hmm. so it didn't happen to me yeah um all right the, the way that i kind of want to wrap up is we've got an interesting slew of, got of free agents. agents really yeah you got ray scherzer gaussman and kershaw oh yeah well five because there's also rodan Oh, there's also a Don. I mean, and those are just the, you know, ace is going to ace guys this year. And you still have Strowman. Kikuchi is interesting. I was very surprised Mm -hmm. he used his player option and is now a free agent. I'm very curious to see where he's going to land. Um, Then there are some, you know, Paxton is interesting. Um, He will always be interesting. Uh, I will always be interesting. Carlos Martinez, perhaps getting a change sure. of atmosphere, is very interesting at 30 years old. <sighs> ah, atmosphere, yeah, exactly. It's new, yeah. Uh, yes. I think that you know John Gray. We're still waiting to see what's going on there. Michael Lorenzen is a free agent. Very curious to see what happens with him. Mm. Alex Wood, um, yeah, which we're very of, underrated. Yeah, definitely. Which of these ends up in
2: LA? Which okay, I mean, everyone's gonna say, like, oh, we want the Alex Wood return. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see, I could see Gaussman or Ray, yeah, uh, showing up in LA,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it, it, Ray is, I think, a, a proven talent to me, just did over a full year. It's not like it was a second half thing, like he did for the full year. Mm-hmm. He, he knows now that what works. Uh, It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Not going to be the same thing as Scherzer. Uh, Rodon's too risky. Uh, Kevin Gaussman, though, I will say there's a lot of um, workhorse tendencies with it.
1: So that actually, uh, yeah, that brings me to my next question. Who finishes of those guys who finishes 2022 with the most innings pitched? Right. And I'm kind of leaning
2: Gaussman, but I mean, he's never gone 200. Ray just went 193. It's it's all close. Like you want to say it's like all twenty nine thirty starts for these guys. I mean not Rodon, of course. Um I would say I mean Strowman if we're including that. Yeah. But uh it's yeah, I kinda wanna say it's Gaussman at this point.
1: I don't know why. Of those guys, who is the biggest uh letdown next year? Who is the who who regresses oh. the most next year? I don't want the negativity. Uh <laughs> I know. That's a um, tough
2: spot to put you in. I mean, it's more of like, I think the biggest regression is just going to come from volume. Less of ability. I could see Rodon flaming out. That is the 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 shoulder fatigue that we have saw at the end of the year. He can't quite get back to the 95-96 sitting fastball that he had uh, through the year. I hope not. I really do. Um, but that to me seems more... Uh, like a, a higher likely uh, possibility than Ray also looting his command. Gaussman has been a rock for multiple years. Scherzer is still Scherzer. So
1: I would say that's Radon. There is one more interesting free agent too that I didn't mention in there, and that's Tony Disco. Mm. who's going to be 32, obviously coming off, uh, you know, just a a career year in in a lot of ways. I mean, 3.17 ERA at the end of the day with a 1.09 whip, right? A, a, is he going to be able to replicate that? B, is he going to be able to replicate that in a team that's not San Francisco?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, not the Dodgers kind of pitcher to me, Anthony Descafani. Um, Those... Just better than a Toby kind who can you go fastball slider for the most part and can give you six innings with a two or three earned run start, right? Um, whoever signs him is going to be really happy. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be like the Yankees again. I uh, The same kind of philosophy I think I signed with the Dodgers. Uh, I could see like the Red Sox getting him and feeling mm. really, really happy about it. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you? Th- yeah, I, I'm just I'm looking at these names. There's so many different things to discuss. I mean, like Granky, does it does he come back? Is it would anyone even sign him? It just I mean, doesn't it, seem, of course,
2: uh, the, like the the Royals Ugh. would the, the Dodgers. I'm sorry, not the Dodgers, the the Diamondbacks would to bring him back And that just that spirit of it. Um, I think there are a lot of teams that would just love to have some sort of veteran presence, even whatever you want to call the presence of grinky go ahead. I, uh, he will help a team. Um, it's just a question of how much is he going to ask for?
1: The last question then that we'll end with is does Kershaw end up back with the Dodgers? What does that yes. do for his value? Because a, do they dodge right to him or something?
2: Yeah. I see what you're asking. Um, I think they're going to let him go as long as he's healthy. Uh, I think if you have to not expect, yeah, I think you can't expect 170, 160. You can't do that.
1: So you have to okay. expect like 130. And that's just. I that. lied. I lied. <laughs> this is the last question. Is there any chance that we could see another great mid to low three ERA season from Corey Kluber? Or is he done? Oh, I would love to see that. The,
2: um, there are two factors that Kluber needs. Uh, one, he needs to get velocity back. He um, needs to be sitting 92, not 90. Um, hopefully 91 and change, but if we see 92 um, from the fastball, I think that makes the other pitches better. The other element is he really needs the cutter back. The, the breaking ball, whatever you want to call that cutter slider, Oh, sorry, a uh, curveball slider. Um, that was actually very good from what we saw last year uh, from Corey Kluber, especially when he returned eventually. But the cutter, we had one start here and there where it was actually performing like it used to, and then it didn't. So those are the two elements that need to return if Kluber is to make a, a proper, uh, you know, step forward and, and get back to where he used to be. I don't think we're going to see it. Uh, getting velocity again after these injuries is a tough ask. Uh, while the cutter could actually return in some ways, the the harder one is that velocity.
1: Do you remember when Corey Kluber threw a no hitter
2: this year? It was pr- it was pretty wild. You could even say that that actually ruined his season. Yeah, maybe it, it made him overthrow. We've seen that Musgrove wasn't quite the same for a couple starts after.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well.
2: Do you remember when John Means threw a perfect game the day before my birthday? I mean, I remember when you lie all the time about <laughs> that because there was an error. So then Kershaw threw one too. So hand- that's, that's
1: fine, baby. There. Give it to him.
2: But we Give know it to him
1: all. <laughs> all right. Uh, it was we pretty amazing. Begin- I loved it. Oh, God. It was, it was great. a great birthday present. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then backed it up with a, oh, a great game uh, against the Mets right after that. Um, all right. Not hard, Nick. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. We, we did it. Nice, short, and sweet. I hope you guys enjoyed us. this. We thought it would be fun to just talk. Uh, hey, look at us. To talk baseball. Um, who knows if there are more signings. I know the CBA is going to expire soon. But if not, this was great. Yeah, um, this is Wonderful. This was very nice. Uh, wow. Right, that Fast. is going It's to like do 10,
2: it, 10 days until that CBA. Oh, my. I know. I don't even want to think about it. Uh, We're going to go out in a positive. We're going to go out in a positive. Um, Sorry. All right. Yeah. It's great yeah, to see you. You're
1: good. It's great, great to see you, see you baby. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for episode number 290 of On the corner, of the Official pitchlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.